Hobby with Reckless Abandon. Well, hello. hello. Hi. Happy Welcome to season 24, episode 3 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Tappy. And I'm Joey. And the Renaissance Pleasure Fair is going to start, what is it, April 6th, I think? 6th and 7th? Mm-hmm. Whatever that weekend is. Yep. I'm going to bring up my calendar. Right. Yep. I nailed it. Yep. Yes. I know the calendar thing. It's a thing. And then it ends one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on May nineteenth. So if you'd like to come see the Poxy Boggards, the Merry Wives of Windsor, and Sportive Tricks, and a, a whole host of other acts and street performers, and buy cool food and, and lots of beer. A bunch of, of us will just be there drinking, not performing. Yeah. Right. Uh, you may yeah. do so. <laughs> it's in Irwindale, and go to Renfair R E N F A I R dot com slash SoCal, and you can get all the information about the. Original Renaissance Pleasure Fair. Have you ever thought that uh, that's oddly sp- specific? What? Renaissance Pleasure Fair. It could just be the Renaissance Fair. The pleasure is kind of. I think it's always been called that. Yeah, but it's still kind of oddly specific. Yes. I think that's the title of it. That's how they can say they're the original Renaissance Pleasure Fair. As opposed not to the, the ori- original Renaissance, well, the, Renaissance Fair. Sad Fair. The Melancholy Fair. Yeah, the Melancholy Fair. There is some disagreement as to whether they're the original because there's another fair I think that claims to be yes um, I don't know Phyllis started it I think her first one was like 64 or something right? no 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 let's see it'd be this is the 56th year I think we don't know you're the only one. Oh, you've no I think, 50, anymore. I think 55 was my first year I think this is 59 59th okay oh my wow. god it is yeah, I remember the fiftieth. Yeah, me too. That's yeah. why I said, "Oh my god!" Do you remember the fiftieth? I remember the fiftieth. Okay, so that was it, it's at least it's at least. I, yeah, I think yeah. my 50, first year was fifty-five. It's at least fifty-eight because you you were gone seven years, right? Yeah. Okay. Forever. Wow. All right. So you could there, there's that, and that's coming up. Um, and I, I think that's all we're plugging right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, uh, Maycon will happen mm-hmm. in May. Yeah. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. That's really uh, soon already. Yes. At. Uh, uh, LAX. The LAX Hilton Hotel in yep. beautiful Los Angeles. Many of us will be there. Mm-hmm. Some of us won't because we're tearing fair down. Right. You guys yeah. work at fair. <laughs> we, have to, we have to take fair apart. Mm. <laughs> uh, in this episode, Davio Davio uh, writes in about making sure players find clues. Mike from me writes in <coughs> about finding and holding on to a gaming group, and Byron writes in about jobs and professions in D and D. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on all of the social medias. First off, we have our own social media, mm-hmm. happyjacksforum.com. You can go there and join our forum. Do the thing! And talk to people. Yeah, we've had some really good discussions this week, too. Excellent. Like what? Um, there's been some discussion about like kind of your favorite indie games. Mm-hmm. Um, I plugged my game. Um, there's also been some great conversations about the end of the Vault 818 uh mm-hmm. Thing, and which concluded this week. Yeah, right? which is yeah, which is super <clears throat> recent. Um, and also some people doing some great like, hey, I need like jamming advice on this thing, and specific to certain systems. Right. Um, we also have a possible play by post um, L five uh, R game starting. Oh, there. cool! So if you're interested in any of the things, go check it out. Excellent. We're also on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're on Instagram and Facebook and MeWe. I didn't post this week on MeWe. I only post every two weeks. Uh, that's Happy Jack's RPG, all one word. <clears throat> but we did get a cool piece of artwork. It's beautiful. With Dave as yeah. 
Oh yeah, hysterical. <laughs> right, uh, and he, he gave us permission to post. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. cool. So yeah, if you want to see all the cool, well, not all of it because I have some recent stuff that I need to update. If you go to happyjacks.org/art, like I'll be slowly are posting all the fan artwork there. And and if you can't wait, you can go to me. We and see Dave's caricature. <laughs> And it's freaking hysterical. <laughs> no comment. It is. It's hysterical. No, it's hysterical. That part I will comment on. It is hysterical. And he, he specifically art. posted it there to encourage for, me. We for the for the Mewians. Mewians, <laughs> <laughs> not Mewiites, sir. No, I like Mewians. I got a question about Mastodon this week too. Mastodon. Evidently, Mastodon's like making a comeback or something. Is it really? I. I, I the ice is thawing. The Mastodon has returned. This. This doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> what are we talking about? Mastodon is a, a federated, decentralized Twitter, essentially. Uh, you can set up your own Mastodon server, and it will be linked with other Mastodon servers. So you can have your server with specific, like if you want, we could have, if we wanted, a Happy Jacks Mastodon yeah. that was connected to other servers. Now, the problem is, if people don't like what's being posted on other servers, they can complain to the server they're on, and that server can ban them. So this cool federated thing is becoming very isolated mm. little islands. It's basically becoming forums. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> but it's selecting forums. Yeah, where it's you Discord. Only- right, <laughs> but I mean, the, 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 I think the whole idea behind it w- is that it would be a decentralized mm. alternative to Twitter, and there's yeah. a lot of people on it. There's a lot of different servers. But there's holes and blank spots in it yeah. because of the fact that this server will ban a bunch of people and then that breaks some links and it... Yeah. So... I replied with an eye-roll gif when I got asked that on Twitter, so... If we were going to do one? Yeah, they're like, hey, when Happy Jack's getting on Mastodon? And I replied with, like, the great... Uh, like... Yeah, when it when it when it, it got liked. when it first started to become a big thing, I I toyed with the idea of setting up a server. Yeah, you I could probably set up a server on on our web host. Yeah. Um, but we don't need another thing to do. No. Hmm. And it it updates a lot, and at least when it was when it started, it wasn't an auto thing where you can say apply every update that shows up. No, you no. have to actually go yeah. in and. Plus, with it. If you're on Twitter and you're asking me if, you're on, if I'm going to do Mastodon, it's like, no, you're already getting our content on Twitter. Yeah, no. I'm not doing any more stuff. Sorry, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but we can Good stick question, it to the though. corporate Important. man. Okay, so on Twitter, you have a tweet Ed is asking in the chat room. On MeWe, is it a we? Yes, absolutely, yeah. I might be a wee wee. <laughs> Why isn't it Mayway? Because if it's short, it'd be a wee wee. Um. <laughs> If it's long, it'd be a big wee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, or a mega wee. Actually, talk about RPGs and our giga wee. A giga wee. G whiz too. Also, if you'd like to watch the show live, you can go to happyjacks.org/live at yes. seven p.m. Pacific Eastern. No, seven p.m. Pacific <laughs> Daylight Time. <laughs> Yeah, Pacific Eastern Time. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could happen. And you could watch us and see our faces mm. staring at you blankly. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I have an announcement. Oh. Uh, a a long time listener, uh, Len, mm-hmm. I think Len is from Florida. He used to write in a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he came up with this, uh, an RPG called Prowlers and Paragons. Cool. 
pee pee mm-hmm. going along with wee wee yeah. um, <laughs> in, in uh, like 2013. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is now running a Kickstarter to put out his second edition, the Prowlers and Paragons Ultimate Edition. Uh, it uses a narrative resolution mechanic and crunchier combat mechanics, combining modern and classic game design to create something unique. Oh. Uh, he also sent me a quick start thing, which I, I will distribute to, mm-hmm. uh, on yeah. to our, our hosts. That okay. sounds um, interesting. Uh, it uses a special cubed dice that has six sides. Mm. And you can only find it damn near everywhere. <laughs> um, I hate when they're proprietary dice and games. <laughs> right? It's on. It's it's live on Kickstarter now. I'll put a link into the show notes. But cool. if you search for Prowlers and Paragons, you will find it. That's awesome. Um, and that's that. I think you get you. I think you can get the the quick the quick start thing on the on the Kickstarter page. Cool. And it's also I think on Drive So, all right. First email: Making sure clues are found from Davio or Davio. Greetings, my jocular jackalopes. First, nice alliteration. First, listening to season twenty-three, episode fourteen, and the mentioning of scouts. I was a teenager and went to the Boy Scout World Jamboree in Alberta, Canada. Ergo, good chance that Stu and I were in the same neck of the woods. Literally, that's true. Yes, <laughs> and there were woods. Now, do you remember the big scandal with the girl shower thing? Oh God! <laughs> oh yeah, because no, I remember I Boy Scouts. It, most countries scouting is co-ed. Yes, except I was I was joking. Right, about, <laughs> boys. Right, doing yeah. Something with a no, no. Um, uh, if I recall, it's been many years. There were two major troops from California: one from southern and one from the north. I was in the second. I was in the first. Um, <laughs> so we probably weren't in the same troop. No, we weren't. Uh, however, uh, we were truly nerds and did have an AD and D game going in our camp. Nice. So it's possible that our paths did cross. I, we were playing war games, if I recall correctly. Steve Jackson games had the micro games where you cut out the little chits on the cardboard and you have like a map. Oh. Raid on Iran, mm-hmm. the original Ogre, things like that. I think we were playing stuff like that. Um, so yes, we were nerding out as well. Um, I found my old box of scouting stuff recently and it made, made me think of this. I, mine's just up in the attic right here. <laughs> uh, the other thing, the conversation concerning character agency versus the needs of plots and clues. <clears throat> I have run many LARPs, which means around 30 plus players at any one time. The idea of having a single point on any clue or plot is quickly destroyed upon meeting the stubborn resistance to share many LARP g- uh, to sharing many LARP gamers have. I have had a single player get their hands on the mystic keys of MacGuffinness and then not show up for a month of gaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. We've had that happen in a D&D game, an early D&D yes, game we, we played. Yes, we did. Um, this has led to creating at least three ways to any destination point of informa- slash point of information. This isn't necessarily railroading, but there are many paths to the same goal. This doesn't mean that there aren't consequences. I have learned that conditional victories slash losses can keep the storyline flowing and still have players have rewards or punishments based on their actions. Sure, maybe you stop the world from blowing up, but half the people are dead. All of your allies are gone. The tavern with the book in it that you burnt down turns out to have uh, to have the only recipe to your favorite mead, etc. Maybe the heroes borked it badly enough that the villains won. 
Was it a clean win? Did you plant the seeds for the next campaign to overthrow them? There's a lot of wiggle room within that. Anyway, just tossing that, that, just tossing that one, tossing that out. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a drink and keep on jacking. P.S. Obligatory. P.S. B.P.S. Thank you very much for all your years of service and advice. They have been greatly. Be- they have greatly benefited me, myself, and my players. Me, myself, and my players. Yes. So, m- ensuring that people find clues. This kind of is taken off of the Alexandrian.net, which mm-hmm. where we originally found a long time ago, the three-clue rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you need the players to find something, have three ways for them to find it. Yes. Right. That doesn't necessarily ensure they're going to find it, though. No. Yeah. It does not. I mean, you can. I mean, just because that's the plot point that you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, I mean... I'm... I don't know. I'm really bad with investigation stuff and clues, so I just <laughs> let the players do their crazy bullshit. I've been reading copious amounts of the seventh edition Call of Cthulhu because I got the keepers, the keepers handbook or whatever it's called, and the players or the investigators handbook mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. And uh, they talk in there a lot about because it's that is an investigatory game, and they talk a lot about how to make sure you don't end up with dead end. Dead ends, and one of the ways you do that is you don't require a die roll. You just nope. let them find it. Yeah. And I think that, in, in especially in that sort of a game, if, if you have a narrative bottleneck, and it's like there's been a murder, and there's one clue in this room that's going to lead them down the path to find who the murderer was, and no one makes the roll, their search room roll or whatever to find the clue, you kind of just fucked yourself. You didn't fuck the players. You've kind of fucked yourself as yeah. a GM because. Yeah. Now you've got to figure out another way for them to find that clue, or just give it to them. Yeah. And why not? Exactly. Why even have them roll for it to begin mm. with? Well, have I think part of that, too, I mean, there is, because, like, right now I'm running the Wild Wild Talents game, and part of it right now is kind of an investigation trying to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not quite like a murder, um, but there's a problem in the town that they're trying to figure out, like, what the... Who's behind it. Yeah, who's behind it, what's causing it. Um... It's kind of supernatural, so it's not exactly like they're going to find like, oh look, this is a murder weapon. Right. But um, it's old man MacGuffin down on the yeah, down on the farm. No We're way. not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but part of that is like having that tension, like having them looking for clues, having right. them find that. So like having them automatically get things sometimes isn't what you're going for in a game. Sure. Like like there are games where that search is part of the process, like a detective novel, like. Okay, like looking for clues and sometimes failing, sometimes asking the right questions, sometimes not, can be a great game. I mean, not everybody enjoys that, right. but like a, the detective and discovery part of a game can be really fun sure. and a compelling story. And then, ev- you know, eventually they get to the part at the end, or it won't be necessarily the end for our game. Right. But um, so I don't know. I, I, I think it's okay sometimes to not have them just show up and find the thing. I think so. As long as it's not the, the game isn't designed as a bottleneck, right? Right. I mean, it, and you don't have to design bottlenecks. No. I mean, if there's let's say a, a serial killer and they've killed someone and they can't find the clue in that place, mm-hmm. well, then they go on trying other methods of investigation. But at this point, they're shooting blind because yeah. they have no idea who they're looking for at this point, right? Except someone who wants to kill people, yeah. And so you have another murder happen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. that other murder, you have them, you give them a second chance to find something, or that, and and maybe they won't even find that that clue, but maybe that will provide them something. You can give them something and right. say, hey, 
we need to go look at that first crime scene again because I think we may have missed something. Yeah. And then they can go back, get another set of rolls if you mm-hmm. want to make it rolls. Or you could just say, oh no, the cleaning lady found this under the desk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Right. Uh, I recently just watched Chinatown again, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great investigative movie. Um, but if you look at it, if you and break down like where the clues are, break it down like a game, here it's given most of the clues at the beginning. He follows like well, if you haven't seen Chinatown, I'm sorry, but there's been a long time for you to see it. That's, uh, what, 20 or 30 years old? 30? It was made in the 70s. Okay. So, so older than that. Like 40 years 40 old. years. 40 mm-hmm. plus. Um, so he's following around this guy who works for the city uh, uh, water department, like he's an engineer, um, and follows around to place with clues and watches him, like, go down into this... Um, uh, kind of ravine and check the water and talk to this kid mm-hmm. who he talks to later and goes to the ocean to where like there's this big discharge of fresh water into the ocean that's happening mm-hmm. and so you know where the discharge is you know what is happening you know all of the steps to it so when he dies it's relatively clear what's happening there's it's something t- going on with this water Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy's found with salt water in his lungs. So the, of course, he was drowned in the ocean and then mm-hmm. brought and then, Right. But later on, at the very end, again, spoilers, um, he's at the guy's house, and there's a, a pond where the uh, all the grass is dying around it. And the uh, guy around who's um, uh, doing the grass mutters something about salt water bad for plants. Mm-hmm. And he goes... Oh, it's a saltwater pond, because he's given that by the guy. He just—he didn't even question or go over and guy. check the salinity yeah. of the water. Right. Or he, he was given that saltwater bad for plants. He's like, "What?" So, and it's repeated a couple times to make sure he comes over and checks it out mm-hmm. for the director, and obviously not the the gardener. Mm-hmm. Right. And then finds glasses inside the pond. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, he goes, "Ah, this guy wore glasses. He was drowned here in the pond. Cool." Well, it turns out it wasn't his glasses. It was somebody else's glasses who drowned him in the pond. Uh, oh, okay. But, but all that is still given to him. And he's like, you know, uh, I knew he was killed here. It's like, those aren't his, my ex-husband, or my husband didn't wear bifocals. Mm. And again, given to him, he didn't have to figure out mm-hmm. that they were bifocals and therefore not this guy. You know, so it's kind of like that information. It's not the information, it's what you do with it. Yeah. Um, and then as you progress, you can give them more information. If they And if they go incorrectly, then you can just give them more information yeah. to get right. them back on track. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think that's key, is not just letting it stagnate. Not just like staring at them like, okay, what do you do next? Mm-hmm. Like that, like they look at you, you look at them moment is like death in right. any ga- investigation yeah. game. I, I think that if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to have roles involved and have them have possibility of them not getting it, have a fail safe. Yeah. Make sure right. you have something in place that if they fail every single roll, if they're just not getting it, you have something in place that you can just beat them over the head with it so they can move on. Yeah. The clue by four. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> clue by four. And if they're starting down a path that isn't necessarily like, like we've talked before about having like uh, the game, the game, the goal of the game change as they go. Like if they're coming up with a great answer, like you can roll with it and like right. end up having that be the answer. If you don't want to do that though, if they're starting down a path that you're like, oh, that's not going to be the answer here, course correct them. Don't let them spend sessions and sessions and sessions like following that lead. Right. Um, 
like I did this uh, on Wednesday this week. Like they, the the players, like were like, oh, they had a really great guess that made sense, and it was put there to like make them think that at first. And they all started like chasing down that. So I was like, okay. So I had someone show up and be like, well, we're not necessarily involved in this, but so it like course corrected them. So they spent a few minutes going and right. and it made sense to them. But then it was like, oh, okay, it's not them. Still super freaky and interesting. Not the thing though. So then they went back and they're headed like another direction now. Um, so that way they're not wasting a bunch of time because while that would that's very realistic for people who are actually investing in investigating things in the real world, mm. it's not fun if you only are gaming a couple hours a month to spend all that time chasing down something that was wrong the whole time anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Red herrings, well, the bear, the bear in the first <laughs> right. Savage World game I ran, I made an article about a bear that ate, a, ate some camp, camping people. You and your articles, man. I know, and uh, oh, you should see what I'm going to do for the Call of Cthulhu game. Oh, God. Uh. I, I ordered oversized paper. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a tabloid-sized newspaper. You're not actually on play. newsprint. Yeah, you're not actually planning anything. You're just going to put a bunch of ads and see what we call. No, no, I've got no, I've got plans. I got plans. Okay. Also, I, to, I told I told this to Tappy. I'm going to put a wireless printer in there, uh-huh. um, loaded with newsprint paper, so you can print out telegrams on the fly. Because oh. he's running a nineteen a, a game from a, the similar yeah. era. So I'm sure that will work perfectly. It will. Yeah, it will. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways to handle clues. I think the biggest thing is just don't let things stagnate. Don't just let them. Yeah. Like well, sometimes it's a, a little stagnation is can be unavoidable. And like if, if let's say they're following a serial killer and there's been two murders, and they go to the second murder scene and they're looking for clues and they can't find the clues and they don't want to know. As a GM, I'm thinking, well, I'll give them another opportunity to find clue, clues at the third murder. Yeah. Well, the third murder is not going to happen minutes after the second one. No. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. But you can dilate time and say, okay, it's the next morning, and you get a phone call. Right. Uh, there's an old adage for uh, mystery writers where if you don't know what's going to happen, have a guy come in with a gun. Right. And then that's just what you do. Have a guy come in with a gun. Yeah. And maybe that leads you to third uh, thing. Maybe that builds up more. He's from something that is causing these murders yeah. to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just have someone come in with a gun. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, w- I would argue that that's not necessarily stagnation, necessarily. Like, you're letting there be a little bit of frustration with the players that's yeah, building up yeah, you want to let yeah, dangle them on the bit. string a little bit. But that's bit. not the same as, I'm going to wait for... Like, it's like, like when kids are not behaving in class, and I look at them like, I'll wait. And just, like, wait for them. Like, if you're doing that as a GM to players who are just not finding your clue, and you're just going to wait for them... Especially if it's like... stumble around. I can't help it. I rolled shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not fun. Like, sitting and waiting until someone rolls well enough to figure out the one thing. It's just like what we talk about with... Uh, like the solving the one riddle to get into the room in the dungeon, it's like mm-hmm. it's just it, at some point it just gets like power trippy and kind of lame. Yes, if you're looking for a good system for this kind of thing that's already built, look at the um, Star Trek Adventures game, Second mm-hmm. Star. They have the uh, the scientific theory mechanic where right. if you're trying to figure out what to do, you can come up with three different theories, the GM picks one, and then you have to start rolling to see if you are headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So something something like that, like adapting that kind of thing is hey, it's a fantastic system and it's a great little like mini game in the middle of your game. And it's very Star Trek too. It's very yeah, Star Trek, but is. you can easily reskin it because you have just, that bullshit techno babble oh, yeah. conversations <laughs> about well it could be the Frammel rod and the right. Like too much air <laughs> in a balloon. <laughs> uh, Erica Odd mentioned the uh, there's the idea roll mm-hmm. in Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. and that's basically like a, a GM safety valve. It's mm-hmm. like the players don't have any idea what to do. Make an idea roll. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, you failed? Oh. <laughs> you failed? It has All its right. flaws. <laughs> no, you failed, but it's like, oh, you have an idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I failed the roll. Oh, yeah, you oh, did. Yeah. You got a real good idea. <laughs> yeah. You have a good idea. Yeah, yeah. You're all going to go to a massage parlor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like there are times where like you're trying to give a player something, and sometimes they just won't take it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like I've had moments like that where it's like, hey, you would probably no- notice this. No, I don't think I would. Okay. Oh, that, oh, that's nice. So anyway, this this mystery. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. All right. Well, it kills you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're like, all right. I mean, you just have to grow with that. You're like, okay, but if I don't want to like take away your player agency, like, okay, you, you wouldn't notice that. Okay, that seems fine. Then we'll figure out another way for that to happen. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, that's you know, at that point as the GM. <laughs> You have an absolute right to sit and stare at them until they figure out what to do. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you have an obligation <laughs> to shame them. To... I'm waiting for you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm waiting as long as it takes. Go. Um, I gave you a clue by four, and you threw it in a fire. <laughs> and not even the right fire. Right. <laughs> and you turned it into a table. Yeah. Burned down the tavern with all the clues in it. With that. That clue before I gave you. Right, yeah. Use it as kindling to burn the rest of the story down. Okay. No. Anyway, yeah, so. There you are. All right. Lots of suggestions. Thank you very much, Davio, or Davio. Uh, How to find a gaming group from Mike and me! Me! I will read this one again. Me! 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 (laughs) Hey, douchebags. Mike from MI here. With a question you might not be able to answer. Oh, mobile infantry. Oh, oh, yeah. Cap Trooper. Yeah. Uh, but never mind. It's fine. Sure, <laughs> With a question you might not be able to answer well, we will see. I have a problem of not being able to find or hold on to solid in-person gaming groups. I was wondering if you could offer any advice on where to look to find more players or find an existing gaming group to jump into. Anything you can think of, no matter how obvious, would be appreciated. I'm sure I'll be aware of most of it, but I don't want to miss anything. Aside, stew and or reader. Well, I didn't do this. You can skip that. Okay. But we'll, I'll, I will let the, the chat room know right now. If you have ideas on this too, pipe in because yes. uh, we will read them. Absolutely. Uh, take a drink and discuss. I'd say more about my current predicament, but it would be a rather long and rambling story. I'm starting to wonder if it, the common problem in the equation is me. Bonus discussion if you want. Is there a way to objectively tell if I'm the person that nobody likes to have at the table? <laughs> I don't think I am, and when I reflect on my behavior, I don't see any red flags. I have some self-recognized quirks, being on the autism spectrum, but I'm always up and upfront about them, and stress I'm always open to try and work on them if they are a potential problem, or at least be told if it's unworkable so we can part amicably. Mike from MI, manifoldly inquisitive. I was wrong. It's not yeah. mobile infantry. P.S. Mm. Sorry, no P.S. Uh, let me just say right off the bat, in my opinion... If you have enough self-awareness to ask the question if it might be you, <laughs> it probably isn't. No. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. people who are self-aware that they might be the problem mm-hmm. often aren't. And also, it sounds like he's self-aware of being on the autism spectrum, too. Like, yeah. right. very much so. So, 
Rob, again, probably not. Especially if you, I mean, especially if you're being upfront about that, which it, which they say they are. Like, I'm on the spectrum. I'm upfront and proactive about that, like informing people. And I, I mean, that's a huge step, and it takes a lot of bravery. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, your choice of states, on the other hand. May be part of the problem, yes. but there's not a lot you can do about that. Although there's a lot of gamers in Michigan, aren't there? There's not much mm. to do there, is there? I've I've heard of Michigan. That's what MI stands for. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's the one that looks like a mitt, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Right? What? It's the one that looks like an oven mitt. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But it's got the little the the, yeah, also the, the, little, yeah. the upper part, mm. the hangnail, the upper peninsula. <laughs> this is very helpful. Uh, that's that's the exacto knife bit on your oven mitt. <laughs> um, um, you ga- know? obviously, game stores is a yeah. good place. Yeah. That's because mm-hmm. gamers go to game stores now. Like ours here, I don't know what yours are like, but ours every night of the week. Chuck, the guy who owns Game Empire, mm-hmm. has some kind of event. Mm-hmm. Every every night, there's something. There's Warhammer night. There's a there, he said the D and D Delve nights, where basically it's just like a big boss fight. They have an Adventures League stuff there. There's stuff going on all the time, and there's a lot of people in there gaming. Because I mean, the, the place is huge. There's a lot of people in there gaming doing something that's not that night, but it's people meeting there. That's a good place to audition people you don't know for your gaming group. Yeah. CA mm-hmm. Dave used to talk about these to do that. They would, if they were looking for a new player, they would go and game at Game Empire mm-hmm. on one of the spare tables, and they'd play there a few times. Does this person seem like a serial killer? No? Okay, mm-hmm. well, we're going to go back to my, our house. Okay. And then they can continue the game on there. Um, but I think that, I mean, going where gamers are is mm-hmm. your best mm-hmm. bet, I yeah. think. Um, I think go ahead. a little bit more self, like not self-reflection, but just reflection. Like it's, and you may not know the answers to this, but figuring out did the games end, did the groups end, oh, did yeah, they that's continue, or you know, like like try try and dissect the cause of the breakdown of these. Like, are they still playing? And you're the only one who's not there. That is well, not a great indicator. Do you do you know if they're still playing or not? Right. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they may have hidden the fact. Yeah. From you. What did you have a bunch of scheduling problems and it just kind of died out? Like that sort of thing. That is mm-hmm. that is what I have had in yeah. my last. I've not had a successful like camp in person campaign happen probably in fifteen years. Right. Um, just because people have schedules and yeah. people, especially when you get to our age, people have kids. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Live and and especially in LA too. I mean, if you want to play at night during the week, that may be a big problem. Yeah. You want Depending to play on where weekend, your people are, yeah. That may yeah. be a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find again, you know, just getting your players and playing over the internet is fantastic. Like yeah. using Google Hangouts or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's you, you specified looking for in-person gaming groups, yeah. which I mm-hmm. totally understand. That's my preference too. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, also, you could stream it. That yes. gets in there. That gets in there. <laughs> <laughs> get yourself a Kimmy, and right. <laughs> get, they will make sure everyone's there. Um, but I mean, open up your mind to because I've actually had a lot of really great online gaming experiences now, um, and it's something people are becoming much uh, much better with and there's like a lot of norms in place now that kind of keep it flowing more smoothly um, I don't know so so consider that 
Um, also, one of the things I someone in the chat room said, I, and I it's way gone now, but so I don't know who it was, but they were saying find nerd adjacent activities and get to know people mm-hmm. like anime groups or comic book clubs, or things LARP like groups. that, LARP groups, things like that. Um, that you're also interested in because a lot of those people will also be interested in gaming. Mm-hmm. So, and they might not have games, so they might be super interested in forming a game together. So, a lot of times, if you're trying to find people who are already gaming, they've got game schedules already in there. Or if you find other people who are kind of like you out there who are interested but don't already have a committed group that they're with, then maybe you start that committed group together. Now, Jason mentioned in the chat room when he first moved here, he said he went to the local game store and he put up he put up a note notice that. He's looking for players. He was going to run a game, right? And th- that's smart because a lot of people don't want to be the GM because it's a lot of work. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so if you're saying no, I, I'm willing to run. I just need players. That at least that way, even if you don't want to run long term, mm-hmm. at least you can might be able to establish a lasting group. And then someone else say, Hey, does anyone else want to run? Because I'd like to play too. Mm-hmm. And I mean that that that's a possibility as well. Uh, Great Worm suggested libraries, mm-hmm. uh, local community colleges, universities. A lot of people play games at universities. There's usually a lot of nerds there because yeah. they're they're readers and they're college boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think personally, it's hacked. If like if I rolled up to a college and said, "Hey, who wants to play a game?" <laughs> Are you well, riding a little tricycle? Because then that's a whole different game. Yeah, there's a there's <laughs> go on. <laughs> well, there that's where I found my uh, original gaming group. I mean, we I played with some neighborhood kids when I was you know a teenager, but when I got into college, um, I met like uh, one person who was uh, I was I don't even know how I met him. But he, I think he was looking for... I think he put a sign up hmm. saying he was looking for a role-playing game group. Mm-hmm. And I saw it. It was in the student unit you know, on this big... big, um, What do they call those with the pins? Bulletin board? Bulletin yeah. board. Thank you. Um, and uh, and I looked and I took the number and I called him and, and then I said, yeah, I'm thinking about running groups. I just bought the books. And, da, 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 da. and he's like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll make a flyer and say that we're going to be running a groups game. So he put a flyer up. That's mm-hmm. how I met Bill. Bill called my house one day and says, yeah, I'm looking for a game. <laughs> And, nice. Yeah, and and then and and then two or three other people, and next thing you know, we've got a, a, a table with four or five players, and we played all for years in college. Mm-hmm. And that's just putting up that dumb notice. Now the difference there is we live in a very a, area with a very high population density, mm-hmm. right? And you don't, but university there there's you're probably is probably your best bet to find because. College students, especially if they're not being very studious, have a lot of free time mm-hmm. and like to in, enjoy fun things while they're doing it. Some of them drink, some of them do sports ball, some of them play role playing games. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you could—that's not a bad idea. Now you know if it could, there's a creep factor there. I mean, if me in my fifties, if I were to go to a university and say and put up saying, "Yeah, I'm looking for a game," <laughs> that, yeah, it, there, yeah. there could be a problem. Well, I know, as long as you're like. Uh, again, like if you combine that with, hey, our first few meetings are going to be at this local game store, like so they like it's in a public place. It's not the, the creep factor goes steadily down if you're not mm-hmm. in, having people come to your house, right? <laughs> like yeah. you're like, hey, I want to run a game. I'm having trouble finding, you know, you don't even necessarily have to say that, but uh, like, hey, we're going to meet our first few sessions at this place so we can. Oh, see, see I, I, I invited all these strangers over to my yeah, house. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> 
None of them were weirdos. Yeah. I mean, except Bill. And people, <laughs> and people wonder why women weren't inter- weren't getting into gaming back then. Right. Right. Sure. Uh, hey, yeah. come to my house. It'll be fine. Right. Roll some yeah. dice. Yeah. No one will know when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, could, it could last a very long time. Oh God. I would also um, suggest uh, looking online. Like a lot of uh, forums and discords and stuff like that have like a lot of people on them. Like say, hey, is anybody from? XYZ, wherever you are, uh, you know, I'm looking to get an in person game together. Mm-hmm. So, like, making the connections online to do in person gaming are, can, can be a thing, too. Now, it's still here, nearbygamers.com. Oh, nice. And there's a whole list of games and people who are looking for games Dungeons and Dragons, 8,173 people, Pathfinder, 2,863, wow. Call of Cthulhu, 2,516, Shadowrun, 2,236, GURPS. 1,674. Yeah! Um, But, I mean... Yeah? And that's just the stuff on the front page. Mm -hmm. Settlers of Catan. Magic the Gathering. Munchkin. Oh, that's another thing, too. Um, Flux! There's there's kind of like a revival, or not a revival, but like the trend right now of like gaming cafes. Mm Mm-hmm. So look and see if you find um, like there's if a couple. You get, yeah, if you got one, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple around here that a lot of them are based more on like 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 board games, but that's a great place to meet people who are interested in gaming. Right. And there's a lot of crossover between a lot of crossover. those kinds of games and RPGs. Yeah. So look for it may not be a gaming store, but look for things that are gaming themed. A lot of uh, like uh, like neighborhood events are have like board gaming nights. And things like that. So look for a board gaming club. Things like that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, piggybacking off of what Kimmy said earlier, um, talk to your friends you already have. You'd be surprised mm-hmm. how many people actually play role-playing games and don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I had like, my current home group. I was doing a show with some people, and we ended up talking. I was mentioning D&D, and we found out we all play, and I've been playing with them for about five years now. And I wouldn't have met them if I hadn't done a show with them. And I'd, I'd been playing games people before that, but you never really know who you're going to run into who has this hobby that they think they can't talk about. Mm-hmm. So bring it up. When I when I, I started getting interested in and in, because in, I stopped playing for like 12, 14 years is a long time. And when I got back into it, I went and bought the big three books for fourth edition D and D at the game mm-hmm. store. Came home and I'm reading them. Have them sitting out at a Boggard rehearsal. I don't think any of us knew we were role players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Stork's like, oh, are you going to run a game I want to play? I haven't played since college. And next thing you know, <laughs> we got players coming out of well, our ears. When you brought me into the Boggards, I had no idea that you ran this podcast. Right. Even that I played until we talked about it at the first rehearsal. <laughs> and the rest is history. You never know. Right? You never know. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, especially if... It, 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 if you were a gamer in high school, uh, in a certain area of time, you got stuffed in a lot of lockers, so you learn not to talk about it with people you don't know. Right. So, if you were in high school in my time, the locker was too small to get stuffed in. <laughs> oh, see, we didn't have. Oh no, that see, you did. You, the people in your high school didn't have enough ingenuity. <laughs> <laughs> they were about this big, like short. Oh, they were short. Yeah. Oh, okay. Short of Fargoing it, like I don't think. <laughs> 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 yeah, so hit up your local Renaissance fair. That's your. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah! Oh, you know what? Yeah, and dude, how far is Michigan from uh, from oh, Bristol? Bristol? Oh, probably not very far. Wait, Br- which Bristol? Bristol Renaissance Bristol fair. Renaissance fair? No. no, never mind. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me see where it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the actual Bristol. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. No, that's joking. Yeah, I know. 
I'm explaining it to people yeah. so that they get it. Nice. Oh, it's in Wisconsin, but barely. I'm looking. I'm, I'm going to look at a map. That's the wow. other weird chick yeah. one of the, near the lakes. I'm going to look. It, it may is. not be that close. They are. There's they a are large closer. body of water. <laughs> Find There's Michigan. Forums. Uh, buy a boat. Yep. <laughs> uh, travel across Lake Michigan. They <laughs> <laughs> have like ferries or something, right? I'm sure they do. Okay. Um. Yeah. All I know is they are closer to each other than we are to either of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's like right there. Look, Bristol Renaissance Fair is there, and there's Michigan. There's the there's the oh, yeah. the oven yeah, there with, with with the knife pinky. So hot, so fresh. Use oven mitts. <laughs> uh, yeah. I haven't showed you that video. No. The guy on the rollerblades. Oh yes, I do remember that now. Okay, I blocked it out. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, that's all the all, all the advice we have for you. Good luck. Oh Write us back and let us know how it goes. But yeah, I, but seriously, Renaissance fairs. Mm-hmm. Maybe not 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 well. Some of the people that go there, but the people that work there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are the real you, when we started <laughs> let me just say when we started this podcast, yep. the first thing I did is I came up with a BS reason because we had it we had a like a two thousand person mailing list for the Poxy Boggards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are all Renaissance Fair fans. Yes. Right? First thing I did after we started doing it, we got two episodes in, I came up mm-hmm. with a bullshit reason to put out a Poxy Boggards update and send that to him and said, Oh, and by the way, <laughs> we're also doing this podcast, me and Stork and Tappy have started doing this podcast, and if you like role-playing games, you should give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom! 300 listeners. Yep. Just We went from like 5 Five. to 300 mm-hmm. in a week. Yep. So they're out there. They're definitely out there. Mm-hmm. On the job training from Byron. Uh, uh, thank you, Mike. Sorry. Oops. Good. Yes. Uh, uh, hello again, Happy Jacks. Thanks for reading my last email. It was a lot of fun to listen to. And I don't think I will be getting a divorce, despite Stu's advice on freeing up gaming time. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, one of the members of another podcast I listened to managed to develop, kickstart, deliver, and survive his first Heartbreaker RPG. Mm-hmm. I have rambled about it in the forums. Woo-hoo! But it is an economic horror game set in a zombie apocalypse called Red Market. I've heard of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most interesting things about the system he created was how heavily it could lean on profession as a skill choice. There are several general skill skills like drive, research, and first aid, but uh, their profession kind of leverages in there with anything you could reasonably apply this job to, I can do with this bonus. Okay. Uh, for example... A uh, doctor could roll instead of first aid. On top of that, it could be used for long-term treatment, researching an illness, or studying medical journals. Uh, there's a built-in diminishing return mechanic. Uh, every profession you take costs more than last. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it's like a master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of people with four master's degrees. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have many of these professions in my life. Yes. <laughs> a lot of weird shit. Um, uh, you are encouraged to be reasonably sophistic. Your job cannot be Jack Bauer or MacGyver. Oh. Right. Um, or Taffy Abadelli. <laughs> yeah, or me, yeah. Um, I mean, you can apply a lot of the shit I did to EJ. Yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And all my prepper shit. Yeah, all your prepper shit. Yeah. Yeah, your job. 
prepper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. He gave like lectures on how to be a prepper. Mm-hmm. Building rent yeah. there. Right. Uh, okay. well, that's, no, no, no. Can't that'd be build per- medieval town. Well, that'd just be profession singer at yes. the Renaissance Fair, and then you get all these things attached to it, <laughs> right. like battery maintenance <laughs> and you know solar worker. panel construction. All these things you do. Hole with, digger. With, yeah, with just right. having a band at the Renaissance yeah. Fair. Right. Um, I am a huge fan of this kind of thing. There, mm-hmm. there are several games that do it. Um, Here we, but well, there's more email. email yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get distracted. <laughs> uh, in a dash of listening to a Starfinder podcast for a bit, where one of the characters was a pirate, Yar me hearties, it got me thinking. Why shouldn't jobs play a bigger role in games like D and D? They define large portions of who we are and how we function with the world around us. Why shouldn't Profession Stable Boy give you animal handling with mules and horses, mm-hmm. the ability to diagnose and treat basic maladies, and any other reasonable thing regarding horses? This may fall apart a bit with Profession Wizard <laughs> or something, but even that, if discussed with the GM, could work out well in my book. Thanks for slogging through that. You probably deserve a drink. Byram Grizz in the forum. Grizz. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And thank now, you for being on the forum. It's fun talking with you. D&D already does this. 5e does this. You have your background that you choose when you build your character. Right. And depending on the background, you have certain things you get, certain skills you get that another class gets. Because you, your skills in 5e are based on your race. Is your, your race and then your well, background. You get, yeah, some some races give you certain skills. Or yeah, like or it's, it's class. I forget. It's yeah. been a minute. Well, but. class definitely gets some yeah. skills. So then it's skills and, it's yeah. skills and or it's, um, class and backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but you get skills from the background instead of the background being a skill. Exactly. Right? And I think that's more what this is talking about. Like, if your background is gladiator, right. then that's your skill, gladiator. And all the things having to do with gladiator you can do. But if you're playing D&D and you have a certain set of skills already, like those are your defined skills, your background gives you those skills. Right, but the delineation of what those skills are, because let's say stealth. Stealth can work for some things, but maybe for not, maybe not other things that you would probably be able to do mm-hmm. if you are a stealthy person. Like, how did you learn to be stealthy? If you were, say, a hunter, yeah. then you have you have this wide range of things attached to stealth, as opposed to stealth being its own like discrete thing. But wouldn't yeah. that then be at the discretion of the GM to basically decide? Okay, well, that will be a stealth thing. Well, but those things, like, if it's Hunter, mm-hmm. it not, stealth isn't necessarily, like, tracking somebody through a forest. Mm-hmm. But with a Hunter, <clears throat> knowing how to move through the forest and knowing how to track things through that, that also see? helps you move stealthily. Mm-hmm. But that skill, Hunter, gives you a lot more things, like shooting a bow and arrow, perhaps, or setting up a trap, that it isn't necessarily stealth. Uh, conversely, if you learn stealth in a city as like through a thief. A thief, right. Right? That is a completely different set of things that are attached to stealth. Um, you're gonna you're basically gonna overhaul the the skill system right. as it is. It's like to do in, something like that. Instead of profession giving you these discrete skills, the profession itself is its own skill, which uh, makes them more specific and also like there are certain things in stealth that might not apply. That's kind of, that's how Call of Cthulhu works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call of Cthulhu, you roll up your stats and then you figure out what your career is gonna be. And for every career that's listed, it's like, here's the eight skills that you get to put points in. Traveler's a little bit like that. Yeah, too. traveler's like that. Kind too. of, yeah. 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 
but more random and often less useful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but those are still, again, those are still discrete skills. Yes, they, they are. But like, you're choosing, but the skills you're getting, you're choosing them through your career. Right. But that's, again, not what this is talking about. Now, what I would do for D&D to kind of do what you're saying, as far as making it more broad, so say, for example, you're playing D&D 5e and you decide to go with a hermit background. If you want to do something that would make sense for you to know how to do or be better at because you are a hermit and hermits are known for doing these kinds of things, you may not be able to just roll anything, but I might say, okay, roll knowledge arcana, but rule with advantage because you have a hermit background. Right. Right. Um, oh, you know what? There is a, uh, There are alternate rules in GURPS that do exactly this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They have what are called Bing skills, mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll be like... Uh, uh, let me think of what one. What was one of them? Science. Mm. You're a scientist, so it, it'll you write science with an exclamation point at the end of it. It costs more as a skill, but it basically gives you all the sciency stuff that a, a scientist would have. So that's kind of yeah. more like what this is th- talking about, because it's like this is my one thing, and I think you're uh-huh. only allowed to take one of those. Well, yeah, like um, imagine this situation in five E. Mm. Like you choose your your race, okay. and one of your you have, let's say it's elf. You have skill elf. All the things that you would learn in elf society and elves can do, like sneaking through forests or like playing elf music or high elf food. Eating whatever, salad. Whatever, fuck ever, yeah. Um, like what you would learn in that society, you would then be Lemba able to spread. have like a, a bonus to just like a skill would be. Right. And then you ch- say you choose barbarian. Then you have skill barbarian. And all the things like survival, survival, and blah, blah 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 blah, all those go into barbarian. And then you have your profession, like say, is hermit, and all the things go into hermit, like preserving food. Like that's there'd be some crossover there. I don't know if I like that though. You know, well, it's just a, it's an interesting way of doing it. it would I, almost I be, like the non-specific skill idea a lot. It would it would almost need to be a little more free form, probably. But I, yeah. again, I think just because it's relatively structured in the rules doesn't mean the GM can't color outside the lines and give sure. you advantage on those roles or inspiration on those roles in because oh well, that would make sense based on your background same thing if you have something in your in your character's backstory like oh well I was I did this and it, it comes up you know randomly in the actual campaign well yeah that makes sense there's no rule for it but yeah roll with advantage for that see I, I feel like it's your job as a player when you're creating your character to take those things into account and have that stuff in your like if I want to be mm-hmm. like the barbarian librarian like Okay, it's my job then to add, like, to take some skills and spend some points on things that I could then use in there. Mm-hmm. Don't I agree. you know the Dewey Decimal <laughs> System? system? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smash! Uh, yeah. um, I, I don't know, because I, I, I think... I think that generality. Well, I think well, I like some systems that are, that have more general things. I think that also can take away from a lot of the uniqueness of a character, because already like a barbarian is generally like, like they're so. Like tropey and stereotypical, anyway. A lot of times when they're played, mm-hmm. so like having those specific skills that then you account for with a backstory is I, one of the things I enjoy most about creating characters. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, so this may not be for me. I don't think. I don't think. Well, one of the things that's in here is also like these kind of general skills along with a profession. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a profession-based or interest-based skill system necessarily has to be free form. Because what bonus do you get in 5th edition uh, when a skill applies to a role? Like if somebody wants to... Your proficiency bonus. Right. So you get like a plus two or whatever. Whatever the proficiency bonus is at that level, yeah. So, like, 
let's say I'm a brewer and I want to brew some beer. Okay. But I don't. But there is no skill for brewing beer. But I'm a brewer, right? Then I would get a proficiency bonus from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so again, let's say there wasn't a skill, or they didn't have a skill for identifying flowers. Learning a brewer. Mm-hmm. So we get the proficiency bonus for that because that applies to the brewer skill. Right. You know, you need to know so, what kind of bittering herbs you can put in and what kinds yeah. will, will kill the people who drink it. Right? Really, all you're doing here is renaming a discrete skill. Mm. This is right. still a discrete skill. The skill doctor is still a discrete skill. It's often a skill in lots of games. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, the skill hunter could still be that. If you if you start to think of it as it's just a different, like Venn diagrams, like skills are Venn diagrams of shit you can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you have two of them that have a little bit of overlap, then, you know, they're relatively the same. But it doesn't matter where the bubble is. They're still basically these uh, creations that you've decided is a thing, right? right. They're, they're, um, uh, they're not necessarily intrinsic to the type of skills that are happening. Mm-hmm. We have gotten used to things like first aid. Mm-hmm. We have gotten right. used to stealth. That it, these are just things that, because of the 40 years of gaming, that right. have often been done. Streetwise, the skills yeah. that exist in every game. Yeah. Right. Um, but streetwise doesn't necessarily have to be a thing. Instead, it could be drug dealer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might do many of the same things. So then isn't that a way of like circumventing? Like if, like, if you're in a system, especially like point-wise systems, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm playing Wild Talents or GURPS or something like that, where I'm spending points to get skills... If I write into my backstory, oh, I'm a drug dealer, but I didn't put no, any, no. but I didn't put any points into. This would be subplanting. No, oh, uh, got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you would have to put points into drug dealer. Okay, got it. So right, I right. write on my sheet and yeah. then put it's points into. Okay. Just think of it like a skill with a different name. Got it. Okay, that, that's it, fair. I like that. It, a, a good way of looking at it again. I'm, I'm using DD as the base because that's what he mentions in the the email. Because there is the profession skill in D and D five e. Most people ignore it because my profession is. My class, it's right there. Right. Um, I'm an adventurer. Right, exactly. <laughs> but if you if you make each player take a profession, because you're clearly not just an adventurer all the time, in this campaign if that's what I want, mm-hmm. then I could agree and maybe that's something you could do some some bleed over. But I, again I kind of agree with Kimmy, like it seems like you're trying to get more bang for your buck. Like if I put points in profession brewer, then I get things for brewing, and I get things for like alchemy and, and cooking that I wouldn't get if I had just knowledge nature. Well, except you don't get to cook anything other than beer. Like if I had cooking, I can create all sorts of shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can also like do fruit food preservation. Brewers don't have that, so you lose out on a lot of things too. If you alchemy, well, you don't get to make fucking magic, but mm-hmm. you can make wine. So again, like you lose out on things. Like if you just think of this as a different way of packaging a shit, a set of shit you can do as a skill. Mm-hmm. Like, and like with the the profession thing that gives you two skills. What if those two skills were just named something else that had to do with the profession? Mm-hmm. Like if you're an entertainer and it had, uh, like, I don't even know what you would, you would do. Um, maybe. There's something with like reading crowds mm. or shit like that. Maybe then there's something out, or maybe physical performing and like vocal or music or shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you could you you can break it up, or just you know you have the entertainer skill and you can do entertaining shit. Yeah. Um, I agree also that it can get very tropey. Yeah. And that you should have things other than professions yeah. too, because yeah. otherwise, right. like, well, I'm an entertainer. I'm an entertainer. 
What do you do? I entertain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah and then what I, do you do? Well, that's it. Gets into two. It's like, well, if I'm an entertainer and I play a bazooki, that's very different than an entertainer who does backflips. So you shouldn't, like, I, when I go, oh, let's break into this thing. Oh, I am a bazooki player. Oh, no, but I'm an entertainer. Mm-hmm. So I can then use mm-hmm. it to do backflips. Because Stu can do backflips, right? Because yeah, he's yeah. an entertainer. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. So I feel like that. I, I can do one. Right. I can do one backflip. <laughs> and, and, and so that's And then why after a brief right. hospital visit, I can do a second one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what you, you kind of have to watch this. Brief? <laughs> Maybe um, not so much anymore. <laughs> but I think, uh, like, I think. This is a cool idea. It's an interesting concept. Um, and I think it does kind of open the way for people to use their imaginations when they're writing their characters. But I think you have to be very careful in how you actually go about executing it because of that. Because there will be people. Oh, people who could munchkin munch the fuck out of yeah, this. Exactly. And that's why you have modern game, I'm a prepper. Yeah. <laughs> Are there guns in this game? I'm a prepper. Yeah. (laughs) I know how to shoot guns. I know how to preserve food. I can pretty much make anything. Oh, I I know you said I couldn't be MacGyver, but I'm not MacGyver. I'm a prepper. I don't know anything about electronics. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Except batteries. Except And solar panels. Yes. I, I can do DC. I can't do AC. Yeah. I mean, there aren't any AC right. generators in this, right? There aren't? Oh, okay. okay. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you just have to make sure that the, the bubble is small enough yeah. to match with everything else. Yeah. Or, yeah, you just get one. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I'm a prepper. And you're like, cool, that costs a lot per point. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And, and that would change. I mean, it's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting alternative to having just a d- traditional skill mm-hmm. set thing. Yeah, uh, it kind of uh, like it's not exactly, but it kind of reminds me of uh, some of the PBTA Power by the Apocalypse stuff. Like you have specific powers you can do, but a lot of it's like you can be like, "Hey, I'm going to try this." There's a lot of vagueness to it. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah room from interpretation. Figure that out, and you mm-hmm. can roll it and see if you succeed it, by design. Yeah. yeah. It, well, yeah, because there are no real skills in yeah. PBTA. Yeah. yeah, it can be very elegant to do something like this. Yeah, um, as long as you really understand, like, mm-hmm. the system you're doing and how to make it fair for everybody. Yeah, right. Because yeah, you don't have any skills, but I can do a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but again, you're almost kind of superheroes in a lot of P- PBTA yeah, games, absolutely. except for the ones where you actually are superheroes. Yeah. Right. Right. And then you're not superheroes. Yeah. And then you are adventurers. All right. I cannot wait to play a superhero game. That's <laughs> right. My new superhero. <laughs> all right. Thank you very. Who was that? Yeah. Yeah. Byron, thank you, Byron. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great. JD Giz. JD Grizz. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. We're gonna go out to fair tomorrow and build. And no put doubt. Our, put our stage up. Well, yeah. It's gonna be. So of us are gonna hang out at home. Right. And watch TV. Netflix I have to work tomorrow too. Oh, that's All right, uh, I'll, I'll do the thing. Do the thing. Is it? There you, it is. You haven't moved it. It's the mm. same place. Gemini. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us for season twenty-four, episode three of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kenny. This is Tappy. I'm Joey. And we'll see you next week, seven p.m. Pacific time, right here, HappyJacks.org/live. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. We'll leave you with a song. A hobby from Michigan to Australia and maybe East Timor. Be a dreadful exalted girl so darn
The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.